Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. It is our great joy to bring you the Word of God so that you can hear it and you can apply it to your life so that you will continue to grow and be faithful in the things of God. As you listen to this message today, ask the Lord to just lead you and guide you and help you so that He can use your life to make a difference in the people that you come in contact with every day. This is our day and this is our hour to be the light of the world so that God can make a difference. At the end of today's message, we're going to give you more information on how to connect with us online and or in person. We'd love to connect with you and help you to grow in the things of God. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. I believe that every born-again believer has a basic desire to live a holy life. Everyone who has genuinely given their life to the Lord has a desire to live a holy life. Sometimes and quite often, it is more easier said than done. Some of us have struggled for years with particular sins or flaws in our character. You know, most believers live their lives not in blatant sinful activities, but they more or less have given up on attaining a life of holiness and have settled for a life of moral mediocrity where neither they nor God is pleased with what's going on in their lives. Paul the Apostle took a look at this question in the book of Romans, and he did just a masterful job at placing an argument to us about how we struggle to live the holy life. If anybody here who has not struggled to live the holy life, you are not saved. Because once you are saved, that means that you have gone against the grain of the sinful nature that resides in us and a sinful world in which we live. And if you haven't had some challenges or resistance, it doesn't mean, it means you're not saved. Remember when you weren't saved, you didn't have any problem living unholy? You weren't trying to live holy, so it wasn't a problem for you. But let's look at what Paul says in the book of Romans chapter 6, beginning at verse 6 and verse 7. He said this, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin may be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Anyone who's died has been freed from sin. So as we wrestle with living a holy life, there is this troubling question. And we need to get an answer to this question. If I'm free from sin, as the Bible says, why does sin keep messing with me? I'm free from sin, but it keeps messing with me. When we first start to live the Christian life, we assume that we will just discover from the Bible what God wants us to do. If I just knew what God wants me to do, then I'll just start doing this. You know, I'm saved. Now I'm just going to start living for the Lord. Isn't that right? How many remember the first when you first got saved? We were just so happy. 
We're going to start living for Jesus. We fail, however, to deal with our tendencies to cling to our old sinful ways. We have a tendency to cling to some of those things. We do the best we can to walk the straight and narrow, but we soon realize that we have to deal with an enemy within. We discover that we're still experiencing defeats at the hands of our old sinful nature. And the victory that we were promised. Remember when they promised us in that message that we we're overcomers, we're going to go and take back what the devil done stole? And then we went to take it back and then we went get back to get it again and took it back and went to get it again. Remember he said we was overcomer? Remember he said we had our breakthrough? And we found out that our breakthrough done broke up and we're still dealing with the same thing. The victory that we were promised and we thought we had still seems to escape us. We find ourselves still struggling with pride, with jealousies, materialism, impatience, and lust. We still eat too much. See, people don't put that in the category of uh, sin. We still eat too much. We still waste our time. We still criticize each other. We still shade the truth just a little bit. We indulge in many other sins all the time, hating ourselves for doing it. So believers should not be confused on the issue of what God has done for us through our salvation then and then what we have to do for ourselves. God is not going to do everything for us to make us walk holy. So let's look then at the provisions that God has made for us in our text chapter of Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 verse 12 says, let not sin, therefore, rule as king, and this is from the Amplified Version. Let not sin, therefore, rule as king in your mortal body, short-lived, perishable bodies, to make you yield to its cravings and be subject to its lust and evil passions. So the first thing we notice in this passage is that we are given the assignment to prevent sin from ruling in our bodies. And that is something God will not do. It is something we have to do. Isn't that what he said? Don't you let sin rule as king in your bodies to make you yield to his cravings. Paul addressed something very specific. What he is addressing is not our righteousness, not our salvation. He's addressing our will. Do not let sin reign, implying that it is something for which we have total responsibility for. We have the responsibility for this part. See, the walk of holiness is not a gift we receive like salvation. It's not a gift we receive like justification. See, we receive salvation. We don't have to do anything to receive salvation, but ask the Lord to come into our lives and our hearts. It's a free gift. It is the gift of God. And when we get saved, he justifies us. He doesn't count our sin against us. That's what that justification is. We are no longer, we are no longer guilty of the sin, and we've been made in right legal standing with God. At the point of our salvation, he moves us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. He says, not guilty. That happens at the point of our salvation. And then he asks us 
to go from our justification to sanctification, and that is the walk and the lifestyle of holiness. That's us. That's what we have to do. That's the hard part. So he encouraged us through the scriptures and through the word of the Lord to live holy. In verse 12, pay attention to the word therefore. It connects us to something Paul stated earlier. In other words, Paul declares, because of what I've said earlier, you are able to resist and prevent sin from ruling and being in charge of your life. Let's look at what he said earlier. He was responding to a question in chapter 6, verse 1. And this is a lengthy passage. I'm going to read this because this is important in the argument that Paul is going to make about why we have the responsibility and the capability of not letting sin rule in our bodies. Chapter 6, verse 1, he says, Shall we go on sinning that grace might increase? Now notice that he's not talking to unbelievers. Did you get that on this side? He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to those who are believers. Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone, verse 7 says, who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, that's a big if. If we died with Christ, if we have given our life over to him genuinely, not just came up and gave our hands to the pastor because it was a good thing to do one Sunday, but if we have died with him, we believe that we also will live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11, in the same way, count yourself. King James says, reckon yourself. Or you can say, consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. So if we're going to obey verse 12, it is crucial that we understand that Paul mean, what Paul means by the expression, we died to sin. We died to sin. So I'm trying to help us this morning because some of us have been really, really struggling with the fact that I'm saved, but why does sin keep messing with me? And we don't want to say anything to anybody about it. We just don't know that the one sitting right behind us is dealing with the same thing. Don't look behind. Don't see who behind you. Just keep looking straight. But the one behind you is dealing with the same thing. We just have to front it off when we come to church, like everything is all right. But Paul is telling us that our dying to sin is the result of our union with Christ. 
And because he died, we die. Christ did something so marvelous and so significant. He, he conquered death. He conquered sin. And when we unite with him, we've partaken in what he has already done. Our dying to sin is a fact whether we realize it or not. Whether we realize it or not is a fact. I'm going to just give you this analogy and I'll develop it a little bit later. Um, you know, a couple of hundred years ago, this country had the institution of slavery. And then there was an emancipation proclamation that freed the slaves. And whether the slaves realized it or not, whether they had heard the emancipation proclamation or anybody told them they were free by the proclamation, whether they heard about it or not, they were free. And they were free at the moment the proclamation was made. Now, here in Texas, we didn't get the message in January. We got it in June, on the, 16th, on the 19th of June. They got an extra six months out of us, but we were free and didn't know it. <laughs> and that's the way some of us are. We've been free, but we don't know it. And so he's saying, act like you're free. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the Word of God to you. And we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in Atasca Cedar, Kingwood, Summerwood, Fall Creek, North Houston, Northeast Houston, you're in our neighborhood. Come and be our guest. I want to remind you that the Beacon Christian Bookstore is located right here on our campus. Almost every Christian bookstore in our city has closed, but we have an inventory of Bibles, communion supplies, Sunday school books, offering envelopes, study materials, or whatever you might need. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.